0: the Consciousness Transforming podcast for exceptional 21st century living. Folks, I am so honored to have Dr. Stephen D. Farmer with us today. And we're going to be talking about his latest book. And um, and that is a part of the first book, actually, in the common sentience uh, line. And it's called Animals personal tales and encounters with spirit animals. And Dr. Stephen Farmer is one of the featured artists. So it's a conglomeration of people that came together to create this book. It's absolutely wonderful. You learn a lot and we're going to be talking a whole bunch about it today. Now, uh, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back. But you guys know I always ask, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth, I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence, but they also say if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist, so whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's moniquechapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. My guest today, Dr. Stephen Farmer, is a licensed psychotherapist, soul healer, and author of several best-selling books and oracle cards, including Animal Spirit Guides. Earth magic, earth magic oracle cards, children's spiritual animal cards, and of course, animals, um, the book that we're talking about today. Dr. Farmer offers individual consultations and drawing from his wealth of training and experience as a psychologist. I'm sorry, a psychotherapist, a shamanic healer, and a trauma recovery specialist. He serves on the board of the Society of Shamanic Practice, and you can check him out at his website, and that's drstephenfarmer.com, D-R-S-T-E-V-E-N-F-A-R-M-E-R.com. Welcome, Dr. Farmer.
1: Well, thank you, Monique. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, the first time I paid attention, and you know, sometimes you're weird, but you don't pay attention is when I bought your uh, Oracle uh, cards messages from your animal spirit guides. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah. they were absolutely splendid and right on. And before the show, I picked out three cards and you know, just for the show and for the okay. audience. And I picked the ladybug, the falcon and the wolverine. And I thought that was like, you know, wow, what a message for our audience to hear at this time, because currently, as we're recording this, uh, we're still at, well, they are still at war over in Europe, and we're hoping all of that goes away. So could you give us a a quick rundown so people can get a feel of, you know, you can just pick one, the ladybug, the falcon, or the wolverine?
1: Well, the wolverine has a certain toughness, you know, uh, they will take on other Uh, potential predators without hesitation. So it feels like that's a a reflection of what's going on and that what's required here is uh, that sturdiness and that sort of toughness. And not only with um, other, other people that are faced more directly with this circumstance and this situation, but also for us is to really stand tall and be tough about it and there are measures being, uh, you know, being that are taking place. Really serious measure. I just was reading this morning that, um, is it Sweden or I get those two mixed up? But this, the one I think it's Sweden. Forgive me if I'm wrong. It's no. either Sweden or Switzerland. But they they've been traditionally neutral about this, but they are saying, wait a minute. Okay, that's enough. So Wolverine is oh. one that. Uh, implies a certain, um, I, I want to call it sturdiness more than toughness for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. Ladybug is a reminder to pay attention to details that are there considered in, uh, um, they are considered in some traditions as good luck, which is mm-hmm. great. We need all the luck. <laughs> we all need all <laughs> yes, the good luck <laughs> that we can have, All every one of us. And certainly our prayers can go out to Uh, those who are dealing with this aggression that's taking place and apparently being fairly successful in getting a lot of support on the side of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, Falcon. Falcon is a reminder, very similar to Hawk. Falcon spirit is a reminder to, uh, there are two things to that. One is keep the broad vision. Another way to say that is uh, keep perspective on this, okay? Uh-huh. You know, not. I don't want to dismiss the seriousness um, seriousness of it, but uh, there have been wars throughout history as long as humans. Humans can't seem to get along sometimes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's a kind of a. Minim- I don't mean to minimize it at all, at all. Period. But um, Falcon also is a reminder of keeping that perspective, that broader perspective. See the grand sweep of things. And also, falcon has that capacity to shift to a really a keen focus. And the metaphor for that is to also stay focused on what's important here. For falcon, the bird falcon, not the spirit bird, but the bird falcon, that capacity to have the broad picture, let's say flying over the field and sees a sudden motion out of his peripheral vision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then what he does, he flies over there, and then he tunes in to where he's completely focused on the situation. So what I invite uh, our listeners, your listeners, to do is stay focused on peace, compassion, gratitude. And those three words, just keep letting them revolve through your mind. Peace, gratitude, compassion. Peace, because that's what we want to ultimately see here compassion for those who are suffering, and gratitude for the benefits we uh, ordinarily don't even think about, you know, simple things like, you know, we, for most of us, and there are certainly a vast number of exceptions, but, you know, we can walk outside in the sunlight and not feel threatened. (laughs) We can, you know, we can go to the supermarket, again, there are exceptions, you know, and basically have, you know food available to us Uh, Mm -hmm. we also have that ability to gift to those less fortunate in some way um uh, things it's like a payback for what you know we uh, um we've benefited over our lifetime Mm -hmm. so those are the kind of things that come to mind with those three cards and more specifically those three spirit guides and the idea there uh monique is that um, I'm sure you well know this and many of your listeners do too um, we can talk about the animals and then we talk about the spirit animals uh-huh. uh, our conversation briefly before the show was yeah and the animals are suffering so in uh, throughout this we have no idea in addition to all the catastrophic losses that are occurring in so many ways that the animals no doubt have experienced that kind of suffering as well so when you send prayers out, prayers, thank you, thank you for taking good care of the animals as well during this time so that they may be safe. Something very simple like that with clear intention, I think uh-huh. would be valuable. So- oh, what? oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all, just uh, you know, prayers for what's going on there, peace, gratitude, uh-huh. compassion, peace and compassion first and foremost, and then gratitude for our own circumstances that we can walk outside without the threat of a bomb exploding. Mm -hmm. yeah it just yeah i read about it this morning monique i was in tears it's just sad it's just
0: yeah extreme because it doesn't have to happen and you know that brings me to this question why do humans tend to think that we're not animals that we're like above
1: well somebody planted (laughs) this self-reflective consciousness Mm -hmm. And you can hear stories left and right and different downloads, different beliefs and information on that. How did we get this self-reflective consciousness? We're not the only humans. So we believe that dolphins also have that capacity to reflect back on their own experience and on themselves, not only to have that experience, but be able to reflect back on it. That's what I mean by self-reflective consciousness. I always Mm -hmm. recommend take a, Go to YouTube and watch the first oh I think it's three or four minutes of 2001: A Space Odyssey, and it's a great metaphor for how apes um, were sort of um, it was interjected into their brains and into their bodies and soul this self-reflective consciousness. So you know what, 200,000 years ago, or perhaps even longer, there was an ape that stood up on on his I'm going to say his his or doesn't matter, but On his feet and started walking on two feet you know and didn't need to put his hands and arms down on the ground would Mm -hmm. do so but you know basically learned to walk on two feet you know and they say the rest is history i think we disregard it because we don't uh, we're i find a lot of us are dissociated from our physical bodies that you know we we tend to override sensations in the body we through trauma through shame you know different um ways that we've been trained to be out of body <clears throat> excuse me and rely more on our mental uh, operations than paying attention to what's going on in the body <clears throat> and forgive me um mm-hmm. one
0: no problem. moment here no problem.
1: i want to clear my throat without hey. going out over the microphone <laughs> okay. so anyway monique um so i i am ve- i've been trained in um one particular Trauma study and trauma recovery is somatic experiencing. I did, I'm certified in that. And one of the keen things I walked out of that program was a three year training, really understanding trauma. And what we're seeing more and more, and I'm so happy to see this more and more experts are coming forward and offering workshops and teaching and training on trauma. What I walked mm-hmm. away with from that somatic experiencing class, uh, three year training actually. Was wow the trauma first and foremost lives in the body, but because Mm. again we don't pay attention to that important aspect of the physical sensations called our instinct. You know when instinct aligns with our um, cognition, our ability to think, that's called intuition. Mm -hmm. But I, I we have we call intuition that gut feeling isn't that interesting? Starts there, not necessarily just in the gut, but maybe Mm -hmm. the shoulders tense. Maybe, you know, my legs tense. I want to get out of there. My legs tense, but I feel trapped. You know, what does an animal do when they feel trapped? Well, the first thing they do is do a quick assessment. You know, they get on alert, you know, Mm -hmm. deer caught in the headlights. They assess the situation like this is all instinct. You know, they assess the situation. And if the red light flashes, danger, 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 then they may they take measures to first try to escape Uh let's get out of here but before that we talk about fight flight but before that there's that alert and assessment where the sympathetic nervous system goes into action gets us our eyes dilate our muscles tense our breathing uh, becomes more shallow everything that a mammal does when they feel threatened so what if you can't uh, this is i find this really interesting What if you can't uh, get away? Mm -hmm. Your next recourse, of course, is flight, uh, excuse me, fight, aggression, fight your way out. You know, animals have been known to chew their legs off when they're caught in a trap so they Mm -hmm. can escape. So they fight, they fight. So there's that aggressive energy. But here we go. What if you can't get out? What if you can't fight? What happens mm-hmm. then is there's a tendency on the part of the nervous system to just collapse. Sometimes it's uh, understood as depression or low-level anxiety with no way to, you know, to fix it. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. I think that's an interesting process of what happens to animals as well as, of course, the human animal. So when we become more acquainted with our bodies and the sensation in the bodies when we do the work to clear some of that old trapped energy from trauma. And there's a number of processes quite well, a handful, I should say of processes that can directly work with the PTSD or the post-traumatic. Um, I don't like that term <laughs> post-traumatic <laughs> stress disorder. I don't like the disorder part. Anyway, it's yeah. a very adaptive way to deal with the trauma. So I, uh-huh. I, I went off. I hope that's useful for the listeners to just appreciate how we are animals, like back to your question, you know, this is a monkey body. It's a way to think about your body. But we have mm-hmm. this capacity that really makes us human of what I call this self-reflective consciousness. So I look at my hand and I say, wiggle that finger. Whoa. Oh, there it goes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm able to move it without, you know, any particular purpose or need to do so. Whereas mm-hmm. most animals have a, a naturally instinctive way to operate Mm. so there that's that's my story and i'm sticking to
0: it (laughs) sticking to it no matter what okay um is there a difference or what is the difference between animal spirit guides and spirit animals or are they the same
1: basically monique i i use the terms interchangeably the the term spirit animals implies something slightly uh, a different uh perspective animal spirit guides adds to it the guide part, which means Mm -hmm. we can appeal to them or we can pay attention to their um, physical counterparts appearing to us. And what I teach is that um, when an animal shows up in an unusual way or repeatedly, there's something pretty big going on. And the interesting part of that, Monique, is that it's not just the physical animal, it's the symbol of the animal. When that symbol Mm -hmm. shows up, especially repeatedly, example would be, in the supermarket you know i hear somebody talking about bears okay Mm -hmm. drive away from the supermarket i see a a truck that pulls up next to me and on the side it says bear moving company go home Mm -hmm. turn on the tv and there's a show about bears that's what i mean by the symbolic presentation because dana point where i live don't see many bears around here coyotes Mm -hmm. yeah but not bears Mm -hmm. so we look for unusual appearances example I'm walking on the beach and there's a dolphin that's like tracking me you know it's like swimming right along about the same pace I am or Mm -hmm. I sit out um maybe on a table out front in the warmer weather and I have my morning coffee there and suddenly this dove flies down (laughs) right next to me on the table I'm going whoa this is Mm -hmm. what this this is what this farmer guy was talking about you know pay attention Mm -hmm. And uh, the beautiful uh, thing about this book, the uh, common sentience book of animals is there's it's unique in that there not only do I offer the front end, the back end, you know, my own stories, a couple of stories Mm -hmm. that several um, people have submitted uh, stories where they've had encounters with spirit animals or animal spirit guides. Uh And they've received guidance from them that has been very useful for certain circumstances and situations. So I I like the uniqueness of that. There's other themes, as I mentioned to you before we started. In the series, as I understand it, there's about eight books. And this Uh is just the first one to really come out. But I'll tell you one short story uh, is my daughter, Catherine, and my granddaughter, her her baby, her daughter, Uh Lila. Uh, she told me that when I sent the book, she said her and Lila uh, read a story every night for bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, wow, yes, that's very, very cool. They're very inspiring, touching, mm. you know, very heartfelt and very touching. Anyway, a, a long answer to your question. but So an animal spirit guide or a spirit animal is that. And okay. a spirit animal can then, from that perspective, be an animal spirit guide
0: so let's follow that down through to totem animals and power animals are they the same
1: well i the use of the term um i think is really negotiable you know it doesn't matter to me whether you call um it this particular animal a totem animal or a power animal but i I do have some distinctions but that is a animal either term suggests that it's a spirit animal that is with you for many many years maybe on throughout your whole life it's a possibility a totem means a couple of other things typically and again i i say this that uh, it it doesn't matter to me really what you want to call that particular spirit animal totem or power animal Uh but a totem has two different meanings, and we use it that way. And that's that, let's say I have a ceramic uh, figure of raven, which I do, and mm-hmm. I have that on my altar. That could be a totem animal. Um, okay. a, another meaning of totem would be a spirit animal that's shared by a group, a clan, a community, etc. An interesting story I heard about two weeks ago was uh, a twelve-step program where they had fairly consistent members that would show up, and they voted. They did some kind of vote, and they came up with uh, a totem animal that everybody in the group could relate to, and so they now have a totem animal that the group shares. Oh wow! Yeah, isn't that interesting?
0: The other idea,
1: the other is uh, uh, totem uh, totem poles in the Pacific Uh Northwest in the United Uh States. And those are typically, and I studied up on this, and there's no real conclusive answer to that. However, the best one that I saw was that there are individual representations. Let's say on a totem there might be five uh, representations of spirit animals, and then one at the top is sort of the overall totem for the tribe or the community, whereas there are clans within that tribe or community that each have an additional or a separate totem mm-hmm. we we have sports teams you know you can immediately think yeah. of a couple of sports teams <laughs> that have <laughs> animal names you know they could you know mm-hmm. not that they're thinking oh these are the tot- totem for the team but they are they're a totem animal uh, the term spower spower how's that let me fix my, mm-hmm. fix my teeth here okay the, the, ter- <laughs> the term Power animals really is uh, comes from shamanism, although I've learned I, one of my earlier books was uh, called Power Animals, and the term itself comes from shamanism, but I have discovered over the years it's not necessary to um, um, even be interested in shamanism to really be able to relate to a specific animal like Totem that is a power animal. I think the term itself implies something, you know, that. Uh-huh. They, are, they are also a source of power in addition to protection, care, insight, revelations, etc. So that's a power animal. And uh, yes, in shamanism, the shaman or the shamanic practitioner typically has at least a couple of power animals that they've had for a number of years. And then uh-huh. throughout, you know, throughout the shaman or practitioner, shaman, shamanic practitioner's life, you know, they may change. You know, one may go and another comes in, depending upon that particular era and what the need is. A good example uh, was uh, owl uh, was a very specific power animal for quite a few years, mm-hmm. and then um, through some process, owl stepped out and raven came along. Basically, and raven told me this: the spirit animal raven mm-hmm. became a power animal and said, "You know, I'm here because I have a different. I have different medicine." To offer you during this era of your life that is more useful even though owl was great as a psychotherapist because of the medicine of insight being able to see in the darkness the shadows of people etc raven is an incredible manifester you know when i set my intention i call raven and raven is very very supportive of that intention Mm -hmm. so that's a power animal
0: Okay. I need to ask a question. You talked about raven and you talked about the owl. And um, I have either ravens or blackbirds or a combination or crows, whatever it is, a combination thereof on my lawn all the time. About a month ago, I went out to let the dog out in the you know, backyard at night to do her business. And I always check the poles, um, the utility poles, because yeah. once mm-hmm. I saw a vulture up there and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But this particular huh. night I looked up what I saw I'm going to call a white owl It had a white face mm. and I shone the light up to it because I wasn't sure what it was. And it looked at me. I mean, we made eye contact cool. <laughs> and, um, you know, I let the dog finish his business and I, uh, Shown the light up again and it was still there not moving nothing just looking at me so did I encounter an animal that was giving me a message at that particular time besides my dog absolutely
1: absolutely again the criteria that I use is unusual and unusual um is in the eye of the beholder you know if you see a lot of crows which we uh, I do here I don't think much of it you know but again if a crow. lands on the wire, we don't have wires, but lands on the, the uh, light pole and mm-hmm. looks down at me like Owl did for you uh, mm-hmm. and stays there for a while and hangs out and keeps looking at me. Well, that's different, okay? That means the crow is an animal spirit guide by my definition. So mm-hmm. absolutely, Monique, that's an animal spirit guide, a spirit animal. The, the, the thing is that the physical representations, again, whether the actual physical animal or the symbol of the animal really is the key to that they are in a sense representatives of the entire collective consciousness let's say of all owls so it's a pretty big deal and then spirit funnels through that into a particular form that then gives you some ideas you can say a metaphor of their characteristics the physical animal's characteristics then can be extrapolated as the message and again, what are some char- characteristics of owl? One, seeing in the darkness in the night, mm-hmm. even though they do fly around during the day, but not we don't see them typically. We hear them or see them at night. Uh-huh. Uh, second is their capacity to turn their heads quite a ways, even a little more than 180. Yeah. You know, I, think I, I think I read something like 200 degrees they can turn so they can see behind them. They can't turn their head around. But they could, they could see quite a bit with their peripheral vision as well. Mm-hmm. The other is that, again, that capacity to see in the dark. So when uh, some possibilities for that um, experience and that sighting, Monique, are um, is there some sort of a shadow in yourself or in someone that you know that needs to be addressed? I don't mean to mm-hmm. say that as it's threatening or anything like that, just that needs to be addressed. Uh-huh. or maybe the the shadow of fear about um speaking in public yeah, or something like that uh-huh. Uh-huh. or there's a sh- there's a friend that's just you're feeling irritated with and you realize what you're feeling irritated with is there's a uh, a tendency let's say uh, for example to dominate the conversation you know everything turns around it's all about her or him uh-huh. so the shadow w- on their that part the shadow means a young co- you know so it's um un- unconscious aspects of our, our makeup that we're just mm-hmm. not, we're simply not aware of. They got shamed or put aside or put in a bag behind us, you know, we're carrying around and we don't see it. So mm-hmm. it may be inviting you to pay attention to that particular shadow that in this relationship that is bothersome to you, you know, and that you have oh, judgments about or kind of annoys you or something like that. And uh-huh. then you get to look at yourself, you know, well, what's what's my part in that, you know?
0: Exactly, yeah. You
1: know, so, oh, so there's a double, um, a double message with that. Take a look if it's a friend or a relationship or something. Okay, good, that's good. You can identify that shadow, but you see it in yourself, even though it may not, that may not dominate your personality and your makeup. You know, it's another part of you that um, shows up in the external world, you know, in, in that way. Um, the other thing is uh, the stealth. At that time, Owl may be showing up to uh, advise you to be a little stealthier. Not sneaky, that's different. Yeah. A little bit more cautious. Um, not very, not in, uh, how should I put it, imposing your agenda on others. Uh-huh. You know, to sh- 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 back off a little bit, you know, be stealthy. Uh-huh. You know you you may be going for something but you need a little bit of stealth to get there uh that's some ideas okay let me let me add one more piece to this this is the fun part monique (laughs) and given your gifts you know this should be a piece of cake for you but you see the owl you go huh i was just talking to this farmer guy let me see what's going on here close your eyes take a Mm -hmm. deep breath and ask owl spirit owl spirit what's your message and then pay attention to what you see, what you hear, what you feel. You do this for a living, you know. I, you know, from what you uh, indicated, so this mm-hmm. would be a piece of cake for you. And for your listeners, I invite you to try that way of interpreting the message, discerning what the message is. It's based on a shamanic principle, a foundational principle, and that's called direct revelation. We are learning, many, many, many more people are learning to go direct in a good way, and an accessible way, is with animals. When I say go direct is you see this unusual, you have this unusual experience, and so a good, Thank, uh, thanks for the example. Okay. And you go, okay, owl spirit, what's your message? Okay, it's mm-hmm. time, time for you to get more sleep. You go, what the heck has that got to do with the characteristics? But you hear it, and you go, wow, that's really right on.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> you know amazing. I
1: mean? yeah, yeah, so you want that direct revelation? You want to uh, have it revealed to you directly, so you don't have to go through an intermediary. You can look that up in books. What's owl spirit? You know, etc. That's fine, you know, or on the uh, internet. You know, mm-hmm. I've got like I just looked this morning. I think I've got five or six books and three oracle cards all having to do with spirit animals. <laughs> you know, and that's great. You know, go go mm-hmm. look in a book or look on the internet. You know, owl spirit animal but i want you all to try that you know just try it whenever you have that experience and uh see what you get might be like right right on real clear or the message might come in like you woke up in a dream and you went what was that i don't understand it but let it work you just sit with Mm -hmm. it let it process
0: why do we have to know like immediately what's going on why why is it that we can't wait animals wait
1: I oh didn't. my God! Yeah, that's another hour. I think I could probably, you know, um, go on for a little while about that. I mean, uh, the impatience that we have is, I think, uh, um, that's that's maybe the thing that's endemic, or one thing that's endemic in our culture is the the <coughs> urge. And see, he's emphasizing. He's speaking
0: right. up. Yep. Yeah, speaking up.
1: Thank you. Exclamation point. That's my dog Scout. One of two. Okay. Scout. no problem scout you know can
0: talk as much as he wants i i, I don't go scout. the
1: okay imperfection
0: r- route here <laughs> okay, we're, we're just good. natural people talking
1: <laughs> so anyway i think that's just endemic you know it's a uh we i want it and i want it now <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're sort of used to that you know a large par- large part of the population's used to that let's see i've got um i really want an ice cream oh I, there's an ice cream store two blocks away let me go get it you know, we're used to having instant gratification, mm-hmm. and it's it's just habitual. So, one thing we can teach our children is, um, like I teach, <laughs> I hate to equate that, but this dog that just barked, Scout,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, almost two years old, he'll be, he's about 22 months, and mm-hmm. one of the first commands he learned was wait, and he's really, really good at it, I got to say. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yes, Sergio is amazing yeah.
1: yeah yeah and he was like three months old and
0: uh-huh. I
1: taught I taught him wait and he's been really good about it ever since so maybe we need to teach ourselves you know have a big sign have a big sign with bold a bold font you know and uh mm-hmm. 48 you know what do you call it 48 uh on the font. Font scale <laughs> yes yeah. wait dot, dot 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 you know wait mm-hmm. and see what happens wait and see what happens experiment with this stuff and see what happens. You know, yeah. have that have the patience, try it and don't give up, you know, keep paying attention, pay attention to the animals that show up to you in unusual yeah, or repetitive ways.
0: Yes, and especially if you have an animal in the home like my um one of my dogs that's around here Sadie Mae, when um she was little Um, and I'm talking, I don't know, a month old, she was born in my home. She would go, I have a string of bells hanging on the front door and she would go slap the bells and then she would run to the back door and I'm like, you know, what's going on here. So I'd go to the back door and she would go out, do her business and come back. And she taught me Hmm. what she needed when it was time for her to relieve herself. And I was like, wow, you know? it's yeah. it's truly amazing if you listen um but enough about my doggie um you, you you're working with people externally and you offer um when you go to his website folks drstevenfarmer.com you will see the services you can do some shopping oracle readings a whole bunch of information you offer therapeutic consultations what is that
1: well here's here's the deal with that it's um i'm a licensed psychotherapist in the state of california i've been licensed Forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> since nineteen, gosh, when seventy-five, I think is when. I, yeah, that's when I got mm-hmm. licensed, and I set up a therapy practice. You know, and, and really successful. You know, it worked, helped pay the rent, that sort of thing, and I did some good work. uh People kept showing up, so I'm assuming I did some good work. And then there was this. uh Like we go through life, I think, and we find there's different eras. I I, I don't know if that's the best word for it, but we go through some changes, maybe really significant. Something happens to us that really sets a different course in our life. Hey gang, all of you who are listening, raise your hands. <laughs> Cause you can relate to that. You know, if you're mm-hmm. you know, 18 years old, you know, that's a big transition, you know, thirties, you know, etc. It's not just a number, but it's a time in our life when something else starts tugging at us It's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. So, um, a therapeutic consultation and answer to your question is just that it's taking it out of this uh, from the psychotherapy uh, training that I've had. I've, I've, you know, I've had training in a uh, couple of, well, I mentioned somatic experiencing. I went off on that mm. just earlier. Um, that was a good training for trauma recovery. EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. I'm certified in that. Again, a three-year <laughs> training there. Uh, excellent technique for um helping somebody recover from the remnants of trauma, uh, the residuals, Mm -hmm. the adaptations that we necessarily make as a result of a traumatic experience. And uh, training in hypnosis, I've been doing that since I got licensed. And it's a wonderful tool to have. Uh, uh, One of the best tools uh, that anybody can have, let alone a therapist, Mm -hmm. listen. (laughs) you know just that's yes. one thing um, i attribute in part to my wife <laughs> learning to really <laughs> be a listen good listener listen to your wife <laughs> yeah i do how about that you know i get a gold medal for that although well, yeah, I, you know there's occasions when she goes you never listen to me <laughs> <laughs> i was i i hear her loud and clear when she says that but mm-hmm. you know i really have um i don't I, you can't underestimate the value of listening especially listening compassionately put your agendas aside yeah you have your stories and all that but once in a while try this with people you're close to especially listen compassionately just with your open heart caring etc you can draw it up you know everybody is able to do it it's not a unique to uh, the profession of psychotherapy but that's important anyway um to complete that story Mm -hmm. i got the call I think it was about 25 years ago, uh, to shamanism. Uh, I was gifted a book called Way of the Shaman by Michael Harner, who was uh, committed to teaching as many people about shamanism, shamanic practice uh, as possible. And he did so. He he trained thousands, tens of thousands of people to become shamanic practitioners. It's not about becoming a shaman. That, you know, there's traditions where Uh, The lineage has been passed along, but it, yeah, it's legit. You could be a shamanic practitioner because it is a healing practice. It's the oldest healing modality that's been on the earth. So I would incorporate that, you know, in therapeutic consultations. They're more directed in uh, that way to uh, shamanic healing or uh, shamanic experience, divination, etc., uh, the divination tools like the cards—they have a shamanic feel to them, but they're not specifically shamanism. But uh-huh. they, uh, Stanley Krippner, who wrote about this, he called them shamanistic. I like that term. And uh-huh. it's got a little flavor. Like Reiki is—he sh- considers shamanistic. It does uh-huh. have that feel to it, like an ancient practice yeah. that's been uh-huh. revived. And the last thirty years, we have seen a tremendous revival of contemporary sh- uh, well shamanism. And we could call it, uh, Michael called it core shamanism, what he taught, the skills, the practices, the philosophies, et cetera, that are needed to actually do work with other people. And, Uh uh, you know, I think he's the one person that instrumental in bringing shamanism into contemporary society. And thank God, thank you, Michael, who's now um, in spirit world as an ancestor, as I consider him to be. Uh So that's therapeutic consultation. I also do mentorship. A lot of that lately, it seems like people are seeking someone like myself, you know, to just help guide them, uh, human guide them, you know, Uh for whatever their particular uh, calling is. And I really love doing that as well as the healing work uh, with, again, hypnosis, EMDR, somatic experiencing. So I, I call it, I've got a lot of tools in my medicine kit. So, yes, yeah.
0: you do. <laughs>
1: Depends on what somebody wants, you know, And if I can provide it. Great. We'll go, go to work and do it.
0: Okay, And folks do check out his website and that's drstephenfarmer.com and check out, especially the blogs. He has many posted. And if you're feeling low or out of sorts, you know, go to his site, go to his blogs and read the ones that draw you. Okay. Because that in itself is a healing. Hmm. okay so you can you know choose to stay stuck in your little velvet rut, and that's fine if that's what you want to do or you can you know reach out and heal and animals heal on many many levels i I just don't understand how someone could possibly hurt an animal because they don't
1: hurt us
0: um before go ahead
1: no just well said thank you thank you Mm -hmm. for saying that
0: um, before I let you go, could you share with us a pearl of wisdom? Um, it can be about animals, it could be about the war that's going on in your Ukraine, it could be about anything that you wish to share with our audience today. And and do take your time.
1: Uh, save your money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I said I, when I was at you want UC, money? <laughs> yeah, I was at UC Riverside playing football, and there was a groundskeeper there, and you'd say, hey. Hank, how's it going? Yeah, what's up? And he, that's all, he'd always say that. He wouldn't say anything else. That's the only thing I heard him say, is save your money. I thought that's so funny. Okay. Anyway, what I okay, in a more serious vein, in answer to your question, I think, yeah, I, I like key words. I, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is, okay, if I had three or four key words, you know, just to continue to kind of wrap my brain around, you know, to remind me, what are those key words? I mentioned uh, one earlier, I, I mentioned compassion. So I would say something like this, love, compassion, forgiveness, and gratitude. The big four, love, Mm -hmm. compassion, forgiveness, and gratitude. I'll tell you, you just open your morning with those, you know, just those words, just kind of let them sit with them for a while, you know, love, you know, feel it, breathe it, and then compassion, feel it. Breathe it for yourself and for others, and of course, like we're talking about here, for the animals too, and actually for the trees and the plants. Let's include those. Love, compassion, forgiveness, and then gratitude. And I'd say in that order too. So those are my okay. uh, Dr. Stephen Farmer's words of wisdom for there you today. Go. Yeah, how can you how can you lose, you know, when you keep that focus as much as you humanly can, and maybe even go a little bit further than just as much as you humanly can.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I greatly appreciate your time, your energy, and your wisdom today. It's okay. truly an honor to speak with you. I've studied your work for years and you know, you just never know, folks, you know. Um, way back when it has been quite a few years that I had uh, purchased his Oracle deck and you just never know where life's gonna take you. You Amen. know, I have the opportunity to talk to you, so thank you so much. Oh, and you're to very the welcome. And thank you to the audience for being with me today as we collectively get over it. And I'd like everyone to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of listening to the animals. Upon the blessings lighten up to all, agape.